Say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. Say, I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I've got a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody close a knuckle bump. Tell them it's good to be with me. Amen. You excited about the new year? Excited about stuff coming? Believe in God for big things? Guys, the vision, the vision of the house. You know, we, we, we want to find people who are far from God, walk with them to a place where they're close to God, equip them to live a life of victory with and for God, right? We want to find people who are devastated and walk them right into to insane, victorious living, right? And so, you know, we, we, need, we need God's help. Come on. Look, look. I, yeah, I'm going to make. I'm going to make you help me today. I'm going to make you help me. Look at somebody close to you and, and tell them you need help. Tell them. Okay, uh, you, you need help. You, you need God. You, you need. You need the Holy Spirit, right? We need help. Well, we're going to. What we do every year, we're going to kick the year off with a fast. Okay, 21 day fast. We're going to pull the flesh off of the throne and get God back up there, right? And you know, if you don't know a whole lot about fasting, and some of you don't, and uh, just kidding. You know. I gotta have fun. You're, you're the fun crowd, so I'm gonna have fun. But uh, we, we've got, you know, one of Jensen Franklin's books. Uh, I think we got some copies of this at the info center. You can pick one up for cost. Uh, it describes fasting, but you, you know, different kinds of fasting, how to fast, and what to do. The Daniel fast basically, you know, is just uh, no meat, no bread, no sugar, no dairy. And uh, you're, you know, and why are we doing that? Well, because we're we're seeking supernatural intervention. We want God to to uh, unveil. His wisdom for this coming year. We want God to, to, to rule and reign in our life, and, and He's called us to do something, and we kind of think we ought to find out how He wants us to do it, right? And uh, just the ability to hear from God. Realize that when you start this, this fast, you're also stepping into spiritual warfare, and it's probably a good idea to get somebody with you. You know, and, and, and have accountability and, and, and watch each other's back. And, and, you know, when stuff starts coming up, you, you know, you might, uh, whoa, I think, uh, you know, I think the devil's on you. You know, and, uh, uh, you, know, you know, come on. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when, isn't it easy to justify a nasty attitude when you're fasting? I'm getting spiritual, but I'm mean. Okay, well, maybe you should watch that. Maybe we should pray about that. Get accountable with somebody. And, and you know, I've had several guys just this weekend say, I've never done this before, but I'm going to. And I'm like, okay, now, now we're accountable because I will hold you to it. Okay? I'm, I'm holding you to it, and we're believing God. And, and guys, just jump in there, and, and let's go. Let's do something big for God. Right? And if you don't know, you don't know, well, I don't get it. Well, read his book. You go online. Get some help, but just realize that it's awesome opportunity for us to put God back up on the throne, okay? Because uh, it's so easy, so easy to get out of the spirit and into the flesh. And even even when, even when we're trying to do nice things, right? But but it's still we need the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans eight six says, "To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace." Amplified Bible says to be carnally minded, which is sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit. So it's sense. It makes great sense. You've got, you know, it's reasonable. But there ain't no Holy Spirit in there. And without the Holy Spirit, it's still death. It's still separating you from what God had intended for you. But to be spiritually minded, that's where real life's at. That's where real peace is at. Uh, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, 
Praise God. And that, that's what we want for your house and for your life and for your home and for our church. So let's, let's join together. I just want to challenge you. Uh, get ready. And, you know, if, if, you, if you've never fasted, just what a great opportunity to, you know, deal with some of the distractions. Turn off the TV for every, every once in a while. You know, uh, come on. You, you, don't, you really don't need six hours of Xbox a day. Come on. Come on now. Some of you guys are closer to Facebook than you are to Jesus. This thing's not, is this bulletproof, this thing here? I get behind a bulletproof thing. <laughs> that way. Okay. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, well, I guess he knows you're here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> isn't Jesus good? Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get in this thing. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Christmas. Christmas. In a great, you know, these holiday sermons, man, I got to tell you, I'm not real good at this holiday sermon stuff because uh, I, don't, I don't like it. So, uh, but I'm thinking, you know, about this holiday and, and, and getting ready for Christmas. And, and I'm thinking, you know, just, you know, think about Christmas when we were kids, when, when I was a kid, holiday. And I'm sure it's true. You know, you start talking to the little guys and holiday, you know, Christmas, dude, there's not a better time of year. I guess you guys gotten past that, but uh, you know, for for kids, geez, this is a good one too. Okay, and uh, you know, but but you know, when you're a kid, God, you couldn't sleep for weeks. You know, uh, my my mom and dad, you know, they they go out and they do all that shopping stuff. You know, and you know, like everybody, and put the stuff under the trees, and and I'd get up in the middle of the night and crawl out, you know, hands and knees, and unwrap everything. I was good at it. They didn't know for years. For years, mom's here to talk to her. She didn't know for years that I did that. They and they thought I was operating in a prophetic gift because you know I'd hand out gifts and I'd tell people what they were, mm, and I'd tell them. Well, of course I knew because I'd opened it already. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't prophetic. I was a cheater. And and uh, you know, you just love Christmas. But and but for a lot of people, for a lot of people, this time of the year is not all that joyful. You know, there's a lot of folks that this time of year is filled with pain and chaos and wounds and scars and, uh, you know, baggage and stuff that they wish they didn't have to deal with. And, and, and I know that a lot of us, you know, you know we're, we're so clean, you know, righteous and holy. We don't even understand it. So I thought I'd share some things. I told you, Christmas stuff sometimes, you know, any of the holiday messages are kind of tough. But I thought I'll share some things. Uh, that can introduce pain into your holiday season. Okay? Things you, things you can do to, to mess up a totally good holiday. Introduce a divorce or two into, into your family. And you just suck the joy right out of the holiday. Right? Well, it's not only emotionally crazy, it's logistically nuts. Because, you know, you got nine places to be in a 24-hour period, and, and you get a fight over who had them last year and who's getting them next year. And, you know, and, and you bring, bring in, uh, because of that, you bring in all these insanely difficult questions and heartaches and bitterness. You just fill the place with bitterness. Uh, something else you can do. And, and, and you know, this, this can mess stuff, mess stuff up. How about untimely death? Last week, last week table's full. This week, you're looking at the Christmas table and there's empty chairs. And so you've got loneliness and disappointment and sorrow. Uh, something else you can do to mess up a holiday is 
How about harsh words and misunderstandings? That'll, that'll, that'll help you. Uh, just treating each other wrong all year long and then come together, you know, for family time. You know, I, I think a lot of us don't realize the stuff that we introduce into these situations. And most of us in the room, in reality, are dealing with this stuff. And a lot of it wasn't even by choice. You know, it's not like, like we did it. And some of it, some, some of it is our fault. But yet some of you are looking at me like you still don't know what I'm talking about. Like, like you don't know any of that. So, so there's one more thing. There's one more issue that I want to talk about real quick that will just, you know, that kind of messes up the holidays. I call it the psycho factor. It's an Old Testament principle. I'm sure it has roots, Hebrew roots, uh, that in every family Satan has sown one psycho person. Come on. You know, everybody's got one. They're, they're, they're psycho, and, and, and they, they mess stuff up. You see them coming, and you turn the lights out, but they, they knock anyways. You know, it's like they've got their own key. They're crazy. They say the wrong thing at the wrong time, do the wrong stuff. You know, they, they irritate people. You know, come on. Every family has at least one. Some of you guys are looking at me like, no, no. Yeah, come on. Do me a favor. If you have a psycho person in your family, hold your hand up. Hold it up. Come on, lift it Lift it up. Don't put it down until I tell you. Lift it up. Look around. Look around. Look Look around. Some of you, you don't have your hand up. You know why? Because you're it. <laughs> you, you're the psycho in the family, and you're trying to go undercover. No, we got you figured. We've marked you in here now. Okay, no, not us, not us. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you, you bring all of this stuff to the table. You bring it all to the table. And the fact is that all of us have dysfunction. All of us. But you know what's cool about the Word of God? Is that it doesn't cover, it doesn't hide that stuff up. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't kind of present a picture like these people were perfect and, and, you know, and if you try hard enough, you can be too. You know, uh, no, it just, man, there, there they are. All through the Bible, you can, you can find people who have stuff just like you and just like me. And, and a lot of times, worse. You know, I mean, we could pick anybody, but pick Joseph. Let's look at Joseph. You know, here's a guy, just a, as a young kid, he's, what's he got? He's got, a, he's got a big dream. He's got a great vision. And, and you know, and, you know, hey, he, he's going to share it, you know, with his family. And so, someday, someday you guys are, you're going to bow down before me and I'm going to save your bacon. And they're like, we're going to fry yours first. Right? I mean, he's rejected by his brothers. He's, he's thrown in a pit, that, and, and, they're like, and they're like, let's kill him. I mean, put him in a pit and let him die. And, and if that wasn't bad enough, one of them said, no, wait a minute. Let's, not, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him. And guys, in, in, you've got to understand that in, in the time frame that, that, that we're looking at here, it would have been more kind had they killed him than to sell him. Because as a, as a servant... Now he ain't got no rights, no one had nothing. But his brothers put him in a pit. His brothers sell it, and he goes into slavery. And yet, something on the inside of this dude, man, he he holds it all together, and favor begins to manifest on his life. And, 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 the, and the Spirit of God doing something on the inside of him and it, that's giving him strength, right? You know, in a, in a kinda, it's kind of cool because it's like Paul when he said, you know, I can handle anything through Christ 
who infuses me with inner strength. And he's got something going on that it's on the inside, and he, and he just keeps rising to the top. And pretty soon, you know, he's working for the head guy, and he's number two, and he's got all of this authority and all of this power and all of these connections, and, and things are going good. And, and then his boss's wife falsely accuses him. You know, you would think that if you're going to live good and you've got a good heart and you're doing everything right, that pretty soon something's going to go well for you. Not, not really. You know, there's no, there's no guarantee that because you, you, know, you write your name on the card and pray the sinner's prayer, there's no guarantee that stuff's not going to happen in life. I mean, here's a guy, he's got his act together, he's got his heart together, his head's together, he's, he's, he, but it just keeps dumping on him. And, you know, and he, does, he won't do the wrong thing, but she accuses him anyways, and he ends up in prison, and, and, and yet somehow he works through that, and that, that favor just causes him to rise to the top. Well, you know, really one of the things we've got to remember is that uh, our final outcome is never determined by the circumstances around us. It's determined by the character that we've developed because uh, character will demand a certain outcome. And if you've got great character, bad outcome can't contain you. Of course, if you have bad character, you can't sustain good outcome. So it's all about that character. And his character was, was shining and and uh, uh, he pops to the top again. You know, he ends up he ends up second in the nation. And there, and, and you know, you know, if you, if you don't know the story, jump in, you know, Genesis and read. You'll start about chapter 42, I think, and just start reading and go through the read the story. But it's it's really kind of interesting because he understands that we're in the middle of a seven year famine, and he set the nation up, his set his that whole nation up for success. And and one day uh, he looks up and he sees the guys who who sold him into slavery coming. And they're coming. And, guys, it's the day his dream, his vision's coming, you know, true. It's like, whoa, check this out. And, and, and in Genesis 45, starting at verse 1, look at it. It says, uh, Joseph couldn't stand it anymore. He could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out, all of you, get, get out of the room. And so he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. And look, look at verse 2. He, uh, he's so moved. That he broke down and wept, and he wept so loudly that they could hear him outside the room. And word of it quickly carried off to Pharaoh's palace. I mean, this guy, this guy was, he carried some pain, man, for, for a long time. Some of us, I think we'd be just like him, given the right circumstances. Boom, you just, you just break. You know, because life has not been always, you know, Christmas for a, for a toddler. It's, it, it, some stuff happens. And, you know, how do we deal with the, with the dysfunction of family and with the, with, with the heartaches of life? How do we deal with it? You know, uh, where do we get these examples? I mean, check this out. Uh, he broke down. He wept. Look at verse 3. It's really cool. He said, I'm Joseph. He said to his brothers, uh, is my father still alive? And his brothers were speechless. <laughs> I bet they were. You know, they're coming. This is their last hope. And they look up, and there's the dude they sold into slavery. And they're thinking, not good. Hello? Can't, can't, you, can't you just kind of imagine the conversation the brothers are having? You idiot, I told you. And, and you know, they're all blaming each other. And, you know, we're going to die now. And, and, and they were speechless. They were stunned. I bet Joseph, I tell you, if I was Joseph, I would have been the one that wanted to stun them. Right? They were stunned. They, they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing right in front of them. Look at verse 4. Please, come closer. <laughs> yeah, right. You bet you. And uh, they came and he said, I'm Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Yeah. 
what's in him? You know, you know, go read it later. Read it later because the story, it's not real long, but it's long enough that I can't go all the way through it. He sends him home, gives him wagons, you know, and take, you know, go, take wagons home with you because you're going to haul everything and everybody, kids and everything. Bring it back. Don't even worry. Don't even worry about what you leave behind because when you get here, you're going to be better off. I think some of us need to realize that we're so afraid about what we're leaving behind. No, when you get to where, where your brother's taking you. I think somebody said that their brother, you know, is, who said that today? Uh, my brother's the king of Jews. Did you say that? First service. Yeah, uh, that was today. Um, we, we can argue about that later, okay? Mark it down. Let's argue about that later. Um, but, well, she's right and... I want her to have her moment. But um, the, the deal is, <laughs> things might not, okay, never mind. Uh, the, the deal is, is that, that when you see where God's taken you, you, you ain't going to even remember the stuff you left behind anymore. Hello? Come on now. You, you, you betrayed him. I mean, put yourself in the story, right? We're the brothers. We're the family. That, we're, the, we're the brothers that betrayed Christ. But he's saving our bacon. And he's looking at us. And, and I, think, I think when he sees us, he's so, you know, everybody else, get out of the room. I'm going to talk to my brother for a minute. And, and, but he, it's got, I've got good news for you. Don't, don't worry about what you're leaving behind. Just meet me here and, and, and bring my father with you. And, and life's going to get good. You know, what a great example of how to deal with, with hurt and, 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 you know, all of that stuff, you know, to, to, be, to be sold out by your family, to be rejected. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus who, uh, you know, from the, from the time of, uh, you know, his birth, even before that, you, you got Herod who's seeking him, why, to kill him, right? He's not even born yet, and they're trying to find him to snuff him out. He, he's, he, his hometown, you read in his hometown Takes him out. These are the people he grew up with, and, and you know the, the guys that he that he you know mess around with and play with. They they take him out, try to push him off of a cliff. His, his crew, you know, they're, they're constantly denying him and rejecting him. He takes his twelve guys and he pours his life into them. And he tells them that you know I'm I'm going to share life with you and I'm going to train you how to overcome and how to change the world. And on the day they crucify him to a tree, only one of them shows up. You know. But yet he makes this statement, doesn't he, when, when, he's, when he's on that cross. And when, what does Jesus say? He says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. You know, what's this season really about? I mean, you think about your family chaos. You think about your family drama. You think about your stuff. Well, what's the season about? Christmas is forgiving. Christmas is forgiving. You've got you to make a choice. I choose, I choose, I choose to, to forgive. But, you know, before you can do that, you've got to make the choice to pray. You know, you've got to pray. You've got to talk to God because I'm telling you, there's, there's a lot of us, we've got stuff and that we've carried it for years, and, and it's in there, and we, we want to, don't you want to get free? Don't, don't you want to be over that? Don't you, don't you, and by over it, I, I mean up here instead of down here. Don't you want to be, you know, elevated uh, to, to God life. Well, we've got to choose to pray. But, you know, it's kind of interesting when Jesus, he's praying and, and he says, Father, forgive them. Uh, 
you know, you know what you need to pray about? You know, I, there's been moments in my, in my experience as a, as a follower of Christ that I, I did things. I called it prayer, but it was really just whining. Huh? I just did a lot of complaining and told everybody I was praying. You know, why, why, are, you, why are you alone over there? Why are you spending so much time alone? Because I'm mad, and, and I, I need somebody who will listen. And I'm calling it prayer, but I'm not praying. I'm just complaining. Well, you, i got to tell you something. I, I, wish, I wish we could get this. The, 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 when we pray right, God answers. Matter of fact, that's the reason I pray. I wish I could tell you that I'm very mature and that I only do things that the, just simply because the Bible says to do it. The Bible says to do it. I, that's what I do. I wish I was that mature. I, I, I still struggle in places. You know, be kind-hearted towards one another. And I'm thinking... <laughs> You know, and I'm, I'm trying. I'm growing. But, but, you know, I don't do stuff just because the Bible says I want to. But let me tell you why I pray. I pray because he answers. And, you know, I found out what David said. David said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he answered me. I love Jeremiah 33, 3. Call me, and I'll answer you. I'll show you stuff you couldn't possibly know. God said, you call me, and I'll answer. That's why I pray. Well, how do I pray effectively? Well, let, let me tell you something. You've got to pray for the person who hurt you. You've got to pray they're hurt. I, I, know you've, I've, I know you've heard it before. It's almost a cliche at this point. But, you know, information without application is just useless. You've got to take what you know, and now you've got to start doing it. You know, but you've heard the cliche, you know, hurt people, hurt people, right? Well, then if someone hurts you, then they've been hurt. And you think it's about you. Well, wait a minute. When, when we got born again, didn't you, you know, didn't you say, okay, take my life and use it? Well, he's doing it. Well, I feel so used. Well, yeah. You know, uh, God is bringing people into your world. You do realize that that's what relationship's all about, right? Is that relationship literally brings stuff to the surface in you so you can deal with it. Adam and Eve, I just, man, I got to hurry. Adam and Eve, check this out. Adam's, where did Eve come from? Out of Adam. So really, she was there the whole time. He just overlooked his own body. Hello? And he's, and God's looking at him going, man, you're made in my image and my likeness, but, but you're not seeing it right. So he puts him out. He knocks him out. He brings Eve onto the scene. What's she there for? To help the issue that's inside of Adam come to the surface so that he can deal with it. That's what, that's what relationship's about. You know, you're driving up and down the, the street out here. You get ready to, to go to lunch today and you head over to Clearwater. There's a chance people are going to be shooting up and down the street. Where are they going? Who cares? As long as they get out of my way, right? Because we got chicken wings to eat. And, we, you know, and, you know, and here we go. And, and, well, but you get into a relationship with that guy. And now all of his idiosyncrasies and his attitudes and stuff, now they start to bug you. Before you had relationship, you didn't care. didn't bother you that he was a serial killer or anything. But, you know, but now he's the psycho coming to your house for Christmas. What's, it, what's relationship do? It brings stuff in you to the surface. Right? And hurt people, hurt people. Well, healed people, heal people. Forgiven people, forgive people. Bless people, thank you. Okay. 
So when you've been hurt, when you've been hurt, is, is God giving you the opportunity to pray for that person's hurt? How are they going to get healed unless they run into a healed person? But how's a healed person going to know they need healing unless they recognize they've been hurt? How are you going to recognize they've been hurt? Well, because they hurt people. You. Can we go back and talk about presents under the tree or something? No. Right? You've you got to pray for their hurt. You've got to pray, God, forgive them. God, forgive them. They need forgiveness operating in their life. Where, where are we getting it? Well, we've been forgiven. Oh, come on, somebody. Forgiven people forgive people. You know, if, you have, if you're struggling with forgiveness, it, you, you have overlooked how much you have been forgiven. Right? So, so you guys got to realize, you, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we're, trying to get, we're, we're trying to get somewhere in God, but we, we still, we have this, our heads on kind of backwards still. We, we don't, you know, God said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. So in other words, your thoughts aren't going to work. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to think like me. You know, you got to pray. God, bless them. Bless them. I think the Bible says that, doesn't it? What's Luke 6, 28 say? Luke 6, 28. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Guys, it's the Bible, right? Bless them. Bless them. Why? Because you've been blessed. Um, let me take a minute here and just ask you something. When you're giving, sowing financial seed, is that because you're hoping to get money? You know, I'm, you know, guys, we live by faith. I'm a faith guy. Okay? I'm a faith guy. Faith is not believing. It's not simply just believing regardless of the circumstance. It's obeying regardless of the consequence. Okay? I live by faith. I do what God says to do whether I like it or not. Right? Because when I submit to God, that's how I resist the devil, and he flees from me. You know, we could do a whole bunch of teaching here, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you what, what faith it really isn't going to do for you. It was not, you know, God's not like this ultimate bending machine that if you put in the right amount and pull the right lever, you get a surprise. Right? Some of us, that's, that's how we treat God. Like, like oh, I'm going I'm 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 to sow this seed by faith and believe that God's going to give me so much money I never have to work again. That probably is not going to work. Okay? I, I'm just saying. But if, if you could see this correctly, the reason you sow financially is, be, is not to get God to pay your bills. It's because God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. It's not, I'm not doing it to get something. I'm doing it because I already got something. Right? I'm blessing because I've been blessed. I'm not trying to get blessed. I am blessed. I'm, I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessing the city, blessing the field, coming in and going out. You, you know, I'm the, I'm the headlight and not the taillight. I got, I got God on my side. So this is how we live. You, you know, we're not, we're not trying to get God to do something for us. We're celebrating what he has done. And so we live to be a blessing, right? So I got, I got to choose to pray. I got to choose to forgive. And I got to choose to bless. Uh, and I'm telling you that this morning, that if, it, it, just in the, in the next seven minutes, if you wrap your heart around what I'm going to tell you next, it can change everything in your world, okay? Everything. Everything. Because you've been empowered by God. The Bible says that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be a witness. In other words, your life will demonstrate the goodness of God, right? The goodness of God. Acts 10.38. Check it out. God 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about uh, and, and, and with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Everybody say, doing good. Say, doing good. Really loud. Say it. Okay, because you're going to need to know that. What are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I'm going to give you a little Greek lesson this morning. Okay? Number one is that conjunctions in the Greek don't exist. Uh, and. It's not there. So, uh, so they, you know, when we're translating into English, we add a lot of stuff to try to help us understand stuff. But sometimes we do it in such a manner that it makes us not understand what was really going on. Remember, remember when uh, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember that? I am the resurrection and the life. Well, actually what he said is, I am resurrection life. Resurrection life. Resurrection is great. Life is good. But when you put them together, resurrection life, it's a totally different, it's a totally explosive. Resurrection life. What resurrection life is when death has wore itself out, life stands back up again. Okay, I mean, resurrection life. He said, I got, I got God life. That's what Jesus came to connect you to. God life. Zoe. Z-O-E, the Greek word for life. Zoe. He said, that God life, that, that's like, that at one point just looks at hell and says, are you done? Let me know when you're finished because when you're done, I'm standing back up again. You know, that, that's why, here's the deal, is that no matter how, how much drama your family's been in, how much pain you've been in, it doesn't, you know, that's not the issue. The issue is that life will stand back up in you. And if you do this right, if you, if, if you connect to God life, if you connect to God life, you're, you're going to have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than life. And, and you're, you're like that sand guy. You remember when you were a kid and you got him, remember, and, and, and you'd punch him and he'd go back and, and comes back up again, remember? Bronze, he had him, he still got one in the basement. And, 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 you know, most of us, we had ours tore up by the 28th of December. But God life stands back up again, okay? It changes everything. When it's put together, he said, I am, he went about doing good and healing. He went about doing good healing. Doing good and healing flow together. And it's explosive. Okay? It's explosive. You take one thing that's good and another thing that's good, but when you put it together, totally different. Okay? Explosive. Okay. Uh, How many of you have seen the Mentos and Diet Coke thing? Right? You, you say, what? Okay, Mentos and Diet Coke. You take Mentos, a chewy treat, okay, and I'm trying to think of how they advertise that, and, and you put it in, in Diet Coke, a refreshing delight, and you get an explosive reaction, right? Uh, one of the guys last night after service, he come running up with his iPad, and he's like, check this out. And I'm like, that's what he was doing during the message. We got to hear, and he just... You know, went to search, and he found a video where they 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 they, they powered a car, shot it through a a uh, airplane hangar. You know, today go home and YouTube it. You know, and they 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 had like 72 tubes and 72 two liters, and they dropped Mentos in them, and and they and and it shot the car through a airplane. It's crazy, it's crazy. Some of you 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 like come here, help me, would you? Help me, just stand right here. We're gonna. We're going to do a little experiment. Okay, just stand there. Say with me, Christmas is? Christmas is? Forgiving. Forgiving. Okay. Okay, because I have Diet Coke. Um, does it say what it is? It's like refreshing something. It's a Arctic home. Okay. Hold that. 
Mentos. Chewy delight. That's okay. That's okay. Just a minute. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. Well, wait a minute. Hold this. Don't do anything until I tell you. Okay, because somebody could get hurt. I'm moving, I'm moving my stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, I got a couple of questions for you. Number one, how much was that shirt? <sighs> Never mind. Okay. Um, now, I'm telling you. See, oh, hold the bottle. Hold Man. Okay. Oh, pressure. A little bit of pressure here. <laughs> uh, they, they make this thing, and it screws on here. And, it's, and, and you can load it up, and it's got a string, and you pull it, and it drops them in there all at once. Wish we had one of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, you drop enough of these in here, and I'm t- by enough, I'm talking four. It'll, it'll, you're gonna, you're gonna have to clean up because I'm busy. But uh, it, it'll go. It's crazy high. You know, we do this VBS, right? And and they take how many do you guys drop in a two liter, and it shoots like thirty feet high? Easy, do it, do it. Look at these guys. They're they're like adrenaline junkies. You, you take one thing, Mentos. They're good. Diet Coke, even better. But you put it together, it's an explosive reaction. Okay? Hold that. You about ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Because we're, we're not actually going to do it. <laughs> um, but uh, pour, pour, some, pour some of there in there. Just so they, they just go about, you know, I don't know about up here somewhere. Look at that. Mmm, that looks good. That's probably, that's probably, probably good because you really do have to clean this up. Yeah. Um, I, I got that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, I don't know how many ever you want to put in there. Just drop a few of those in there at once, and you know, do a bunch. I mean, you know, it's it's not under pressure, so it's not that big of a deal. You know, um, I, don't, I don't care. You know, you're cleaning. Um, you know, here he goes. Here he goes. He's as, as your faith is, so be it unto you. And see, that's just with a couple of them in there, and and under pressure, under pressure, you could drink that if you want. It's like, no, um, but the deal is, is that, under, you know, under pressure and your life, you know, come on, under pressure. So you take doing good, healing. Thanks. You take doing good, give him, isn't that wonderful? So, yes. Um, you, you take a commitment to doing good. And a commitment to healing. Why? Because it's covenant. Remember, it's, we're not in a contract with God. Contract is a binding agreement entered into by two or more individuals based upon mutual distrust. Uh, covenant is a binding contract entered into by two or more individuals based upon a mutual commitment. You make a commitment to doing good and a commitment to healing. Okay? People have hurt you. You're praying for them. You're praying. Okay? You got healing flowing. And doing good. Guys. All of a sudden, it's explosive. How, how do you overcome? Look at Romans 12, 21. Uh, Romans 12, check it out. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. What happens when you're doing good? You know how easy it is to do good? Shelby and I were flying someplace not too long ago, and I, on the plane I realized that we're all, everybody, everybody sits on a plane and watches everybody else struggle with their carry-ons. And, and you know what, how weird it is if you say, can I help you with that? 
you know, just doing good. Just do it, not, not because we're trying to get something, but because we've got something already. You know, Hebrews uh, 12, you've been reading that, right, every day? You, you know, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us, let us strip off all that weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance the race that is set before us, and, 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 and let us look unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the, he, he's the, he started it and he ended it. He completed it. So it's not, it, our faith isn't trying to pull something. No, it's already done. He already did it. So, but see, we get a mentality that's like the, it's like the, uh, the guy that came to Jesus. He, the Bible says that he was, a, he was an expert in the law. And unfortunately, most people in the church, is, that's what they become, is experts in the law. And he, make, he, he puts this question to Jesus. What must I do to have eternal life? Like, it's, he's done doing good. Now it's what must I do? Give me the, what do I have to do? And that's kind of how we are. Even in church, what do I got to do? What, what, what do I have to do? You know, where do I have to serve? No, man, if we had a, if we had a commitment to doing good and a commitment to healing, to, to, to forgiveness, we overcome evil. Okay. It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Right? Is that what the Bible says? It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Repent. Crazy word. I know you think it means turn around. Go a different direction. Guys, repent. It's actually not one word. It's two prefixes put together to make one word. Re, prefix. And the prefix pent. Re means to bring back to the original state of. So, you know, God's favorite prefix, by the way, is re. Re, refresh, renew, restore, revive, re-everything, right? So if you, if you renew, if he's renewing your mind, you're not getting a totally new mind. He's bringing your mind back to, to, to the newness, to that spot it was created to be at at the beginning. He's bringing it back. Repent. Pent is the prefix, which means top, penthouse, right? It's the top, top one. So when you repent, you get back on top again. Listen, back where you were created to be, back in authority, back, back, back to the place and the position that God created you to be at. How do, you, how do you get back on top again? The goodness of God. So because he's been so good, you can't help but do good. And since you are understanding and having a revelation of his goodness, then you go about doing good. And it forces you back up on top again. It's good. It's doing good that leads to repentance. I'm telling you that, that you, you start studying this and you're going to find out that all through the Bible, it just, he, well, it, that sounds like law, sounds like works. No, no, no. You got to understand something. We're saved by, by faith, right? By grace. But, but, and it's not of works that any man should boast. But once you're saved, now you can't help but do good. What are the guys doing in the sound booth? What are they doing? They're doing good. They're doing good. Right? Why? Because they're, they're, they're giving of themselves. Not trying to get something. Why? But because of what God's done for them. What are you doing? I'm doing good. And that commitment to doing good and commitment to healing, it's, it's, you put it together, everything changes. Everything, all of a sudden, you're overcoming evil. And you're, you're humiliating hell. How? Not by doing good. Look at your neighbor and say, how are you doing? Say, I'm doing good. 
Listen, I'm, I'm not done, but we are finished. So here's what we're going to do. Start now. Make yourself at least three times a day. As many as 300 or something. But at least three times a day. I, I, want, you, I want the statement to come out of your mouth. You just say it. Just say it. Find somebody and say it. And just say, how, how can I help you? Can I help you with that? How can I help you? I'm telling you, just crazy, stupid little things. Just how, you, you know, the other day, I, t- I took TJ to a, uh, uh, to a, to a ball game. And uh, it's really cool. We, we were in Seattle. And uh, just before kickoff, just a few seconds before kickoff, and God's dealing with me about this, you know, do good thing, right? Just, just do good. And look around you. It's so easy to do good. Just, can I help you with that? You know, have you, have you ever been to Seattle to, to, to a game? It's loud. And where we were at, I, I'm thinking, man, I got a great, you know, got blessed with some great tickets, and we're down there. This is going to be cool. They stand the whole time. I mean, you don't need, why do I need a table? I don't need a seat, you know, obviously, because I can't sit in it. And, and, but I got that space. I'm going to stand in it. People are just, you know, you, you hear all the time that, you know, wow, you guys go to a game, you get excited. And, you know, high school athlete parents, we're thinking like that. No, they're talking about the NFL game. Okay? And you talk about exciting and, and, and in it. And, the, the, you know, the, you, you got 22 people on the field in desperate need of rest surrounded by 75,000 people in desperate need of exercise. And it's, it was just, you know, it's insane. And, and it's getting loud. And we're just ready to kick off. And this lady, you know, these people from Montana are right in the seats behind us. And, you know, and everybody talk about community. And they're, they're, but they're, they're Rams fans. And, and, and we're, you know, we're kind of pulling for the Seahawks because that's where we're at. And we're surrounded by people who painted themselves. And, and, you know, so, uh, and we're not packing. So we got, you know, we're, we're, Seahawk fans, and then here's the Ram family, and, 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 and their son, and you know, he's about 19, and, and they're all excited about this day. But just before the game, she comes down and she's screaming because she has to to communicate. And she, she says to her husband, <laughs> This is crazy. She says, uh, she says uh, They won't sell me any beer. And he says, You gotta be kidding. And she says, No, it's because I, I don't have my ID. Okay, and I'm looking at him, and Shoot, she don't need it, you know. And uh, you know, I'm just being honest. Okay, sell her anything; she she's got it. Okay, and uh, uh, and and they're and they're looking at me, and I'm, I'm hearing, you know, and I'm just thinking, oh, this is awkward, you know, because it's it's like she's staring at me, and I'm like, she goes, and so she thinks she's communicating with me, so she she repeats it, and she says, they won't sell me any beer. I don't have my ID. And I, like an idiot, said, oh, I get it. You know, like I'm trying to compliment her, right? But she said, you will? And she handed me a 20. And I'm standing there thinking, oh, my God. And, you know, and he says, you want one too? And I'm like, not really. And, uh. And I hear this thing, do good. <laughs> so I just turn them in shock. I'm going up the stairs, and I'm hurting because kickoff is like in just a few seconds. And, it, you know, and, and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And I get out there, and what? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, you know, if, if you want cotton candy, walk up and get it. You want a beer, stand in line. I'm standing there thinking, people are going to come and say, Pastor Tom. You know, and I, I can see myself as I'm 
coming back down the steps with these beers in my hand, and, and I'm on the jumbotron, you know, and, and I'm thinking, this is killing me. And God says, it's sometimes, you know, you're just doing good. You just can't, can I help you with that? And I gave it to them, and, and they, they offered to let me keep the change and everything. It was cool. And, but, you know, sometimes it's so easy. You can find, you can find a way to do good. Opportunities are there all the time. I, I didn't keep the change because it, it was like dirty money. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a thinker. But, uh, how many times can you say, can I help you with that? You got to do it three or four times a day. Why? Because we're trying to build a new habit. Why? Because we want that habit that's going to turn into our character. And we're going to demonstrate our commitment to doing good and healing and, and the explosion that allows you to overcome evil. And I know what some of you, you're going out here today and say, I can't believe he's a beer buyer. Honestly, all I could hear was B-E-E-R-U-N, beer Just doing good. Just doing good. Just going through life, doing good. Okay? Just wanting to bless people. Why? Because I've been so blessed. Come on, guys. We've been so blessed. Amen? Close your book. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you today that your word inside our heart bring in revelation insight so that we can demonstrate the enemy's defeat and bring Jesus to our community. Father, help us develop a passionate desire. We permit you today to create desire in us so that we can bless others. We want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing. While your head is bowed and your uh, eyes are closed, I, I want to ask a question. We're, we're going to pray one more prayer before we go today. And I, I don't want to do anything to embarrass anybody. I won't call you out. But if you're here today and you're separated from God and the goodness of God and the life of God and the love of God, then Make this your personal prayer. I, I, I want to I, I invite you to make this personal. And if that's you, and again, no one's looking around, and out of respect for others, I just ask that you bow your head just for a second. And if you're here today, say, you know what, Tom? I want God. I want to get real with God so God can be real in my world. Uh, this is my day. Uh, just real quick, hold your hand up so I can see it. Say, that's me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. It's awesome. Lift them up and put them right back down. Anybody else? Say, yep, that's awesome. Say, yep, this is my day. This is my day. I, I, I want to I make a commitment to health and healing and forgiveness and, and doing good. I, I just I, I want to go about doing good. And I want healing to flow in my life. I want to start with my relationship with God. Anybody else? Real quick, we're going to pray. I want everybody in the room to say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me vision. Give me hope. Because I choose to live for you every day of my life. And I want it to start right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name. Amen.